Hey there! Are you tired of waiting for the next episode of It's Probably Not Aliens? Well, we've got some good news for you. On Nebula, our streaming service, you can get access to all our episodes a week early. That's right, you'll never have to wait again to hear Scott and I debunk the latest ancient astronaut theory or get a movie fact wrong. But that's not all. Nebula is home to dozens of content creators we know you like, so you can find all your favorites in one place. Plus, we post content on there that you won't find anywhere else. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and listen to the next episode right after this one. This topic is, do you remember like about a month ago, everybody on Twitter was yelling at us to cover the subject, the news that's going on right now? Okay. So this is an emergency episode, but it's, <laughs> but, but like it's, a month late. it's more of, it's really late and we're really relaxed on the emergency side of it. Yeah, basically. So this is more UFO sightings or more UFO documents. Yeah. This is an emergency podcast that came to light almost the exact time. Like right after we had that meeting where we like outlined the next like two months of videos or whatever or two months of episodes oh right and they're yeah. like fine we got it we're locked in until september we've got everything planned and then they're like you should cover this and i'm like fuck and all right ufos then this is, a, this is a guy who claims that he has worked for the government and seen reports of like the u.s has been collecting remains of non-human vehicles and stuff like that okay so we've got this is like a whistleblower yeah basically i wish i had a whistle sound effect whistle i could do i'll whistle. do the roy kent yeah, yeah whistle whistle we got a whistleblower do i have a cool sound effect for this that's pretend that's a whistle we've got a whistle sound effect whistle whistle sound this one hurts this one hurts that one hurt that that sound effect hurt was it too loud it wasn't too no it, it hurt my soul because like i don't know if, if we, we can do? die of cringe like i don't know if it's capable but i've got better sound effects how about this one Emergency oh report. Emergency UFO sighting. The Emergency bomb. episode uh, of, of of this podcast. Oh um, boy! I don't know how I'm. I'm going to edit a lot of this down. But this is an emergency episode of this podcast, like a month or two after it was actually news. Yep, basically, yeah. We've got more UFO. Are they even sightings or just reports undocumented? We've got a whistleblower, theoretically. Basically, yeah, this is, well, first of all, uh, this is It's Probably Not Aliens, a podcast about ancient astronaut, ancient aliens, pseudo-history, pseudo-archaeology. And I guess, as our Twitter replies have quickly shown to us, I guess people's news source for what the fuck's going on in terms of UFO stuff. Yeah. So, first of all, as we continue to get into it, my name is Scott Nicewander. I'm the co-host of this podcast that doesn't know anything. I don't know. I, when we did an emergency episode of this podcast uh, about the balloons a couple months ago, I knew then what was happening because that felt like good news. I don't really know anything about this. Um, so that's why I rely on Tristan. Hi, I'm Tristan Johnson. I uh, look up stuff. Cool. Uh, and then talk about it on a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens. That you're listening to that, right the now. The one that you're listening to right now. Um, 
So yeah, this one is uh, a story that approximately everybody on the internet told us we had to cover. Like, all right, let me let me had tell the full it. the full meta story so you guys can see behind tell, yeah. the veil of the show. So Scott Peek behind the curtain. Yeah, so yeah. Scott's got a bunch of big life things and travel and stuff coming up in the next few weeks. So we had yes. to carefully orchestrate and plan out how we're like when we're going to record the episodes, when they're going to release, and like how we're going to make all of it work. And we did this very cool, elaborate. Like, here's the summer. We got this all planned out we're good yeah we've got guests lined up we've got ideas lined up mm-hmm. tent pole events like the indiana jones crystal skulls thing it's also why if you've been wondering why the podcast has been like less consistent publishing wise this is also the reason why is because i have so much going on in my life right now good all good things but just taking up so much time and energy and it's very stressful so thank you for everyone who's just like staying in there with us as we get this podcast going but yeah so we planned it all out so that it would be less stressful we have Mm -hmm. all the topics planned and everything and then what happens then like that night this story comes out and approximately the entire internet turned to probs not aliens on twitter and was like yeah hey are you covering this and i'm like ah look at all this stuff yeah so i took the first blank spot we had where the topic hadn't been chosen yet and we didn't have a guest and I was just like I guess we're doing this yeah and I, I did this so um we're talking today about a guy named David Grush David Grush and his whole story so here's what millions of people around the world believe I guess we should yeah. probably just fill me in on instead this. of saying the claim I should say millions of people around the world believe and then just write in whatever it is yeah 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 David Grush believes. No, so this was news and I missed it. What happened? What did David Grush do? This is interesting because it was like very legitimate news. It was picked up by like actual news people. Uh, so David mm-hmm. Grush is a former combat officer in the USAF and a veteran of the NGA and the NRO. And apparently, according to him, he whistleblowed that in the US, there is a UFO recovery program that has been in operation for decades. Claims that the Department of Defense has been intentionally hiding evidence that they have spacecraft of non-human origin and have been doing a bunch of elaborate things to ensure that basically that Congress and the White House don't have control or don't have much knowledge about it. So like the president okay. and Congress don't know because it's been they don't like know. they've been messing around with certain like because the DOD, the Department of Defense has like a lot right. of autonomy and a lot of oversight over a bunch of things. Yeah. And so they can do a bunch of things so that people don't know about it. And basically what they what do Bruce not is, have to ask Daddy Joe for permission. Yeah. They even have their own yeah. like shadow budget and stuff like that. So the Department of Defense apparently has known about UFOs, has been collecting them and getting information about them and reverse engineering their technology but hasn't been telling the government about it. And now there Mm. is an actual House Oversight Committee being held right now, but also like in July and stuff like that, where they're Mm -hmm. having discussions about this because there's stuff that's classified. They can't make them public. But basically, Grush is having conversations with the Oversight Committee about this at the moment. So here's what his claims are so far. Uh, The U.S. government has a bunch of non-human spacecraft and quote unquote dead pilots, and that these were relayed to him by other officials and that the U.S. has multiple aircraft originally built by non-human intelligences. This is where things get really funny. Okay. So they found that the first UFO that the U.S. obtained was in Mussolini's Italy. So Mussolini, the fascist dictator of Italy during World War II. Yeah, during the 40s. Yeah, so in the 1940s, the Pope and the Five Eyes. Okay. So the Five Eyes is a term for a bunch of countries' intelligence organizations that all kind of collaborate together. like Biblically accurate countries. Yeah. Five Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> the Five Eyes is like, I think, uh, I don't remember all of them 
them, but I'm pretty sure like the CIA, but also MI5, which is like the British mm. intelligence and uh, CSIS, sure. which is Canada's. And I think there's there's some others, but they're basically just intelligence organizations that collaborate together. So the Five Eyes and the Pope apparently collaborated to yeah. get this UFO out of Italy to the United States, which if I ever was struggling for a monster of the week campaign, uh, yeah. this is a cool idea where you have to this help is the a cool Pope idea. recover a UFO from fascist Italy. Like, yes, please. The Pope knows this is the current Pope or the Pope from the 40s? The Pope in the 40s. Pope in the 40s knew about it. Pope Pius XII. Pius XII. Yeah. Pius knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knew a lot Daddy about Joe a lot of things know. he didn't talk about because he's famous for knowing about certain activities that the Nazis were doing against Jewish people and not saying a whole lot about mm. it. So, yeah. Mm. Didn't really speak up on that one. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That there's been a government cover up and that citizens have actually been killed to keep the UFO program secret. And oh also he claims he has evidence that they have stuff that comes from, quote unquote, exotic origins okay. and are based on, quote, unique atomic arrangements and radiological signatures. OK. And the reason why he is whistleblowing now is that he thinks that he needs to prepare the public for what he calls a unexpected non-human intelligence contact scenario. So basically, he thinks that the U.S. being all secretive about this is insufficiently preparing humanity and we might just one day end up making first contact and not being prepared for it. Now, this is interesting to me because I did just see Asteroid City the other day. Have you seen Asteroid City yet? No. Wes Anderson. You know what movie I'm talking about? I know that Wes Anderson has a new movie, but I don't know details. This is it. It's Asteroid City. I saw it and it sort of tackles not this exact thing because it does take place in like, I want to say like the 50s or something. And it does deal with an alien encounter where no one is uh, prepared for it uh, and sort of the fallout from that. But I don't think this doesn't feel like David Grush is saying it's going to be as whimsical as how Wes Anderson made it. things are as whimsical as Wes Anderson films. Um, That's true. So here's the thing. This sticks out as like your typical like, oh, I'm a whistleblower from Mary 51 story that we get like every few decades. But this one's getting like a lot of traction. Yeah. Why is that? Mainstream news and even world governments have taken it seriously. And it is quite interesting that this guy is being taken seriously enough that he's saying this stuff and also not jokingly, is doing classified conversations with the House Oversight Committee. So like, this is where things get freaky. And I I definitely want to juice on this a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. So it's just a clarification. He's currently having conversations that are classified. So like, we don't know what those conversations are. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he's talking okay. to members of the House about this. And the Oversight Committee are basically the people who like make sure that like parts of the government are actually doing their job and behaving the way they should be and that kind of stuff. And he right. is having closed door talks with them because it involves classified information. Otherwise, they'd be public. Okay. Well, then I got to know how much information, do, How what do we know? What do we actually know that's yeah. going on right so now? So I try to like, you know, kind of touch around the story to see what we can get. So first of all, well, let's start with Grush himself. He is confirmed. He is a legitimate person. He has served in the Air Force. He, he does exist. He Good. does exist. And he, his glad. credentials are not fake. He did serve in the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the National Reconnaissance Office. So he did do real stuff. He was the okay. National Geospatial Intelligence Agency's representative to the UAP Phenomenon Task Force that was done in 2019 to 2022 that we've talked about on the show before. Yep. Okay, cool. He was a part of that. Mm-hmm. And he did file a whistleblower complaint in July of 2021 saying some of these same things that there was existence of a covert program that retrieves and exploits crashed UFOs. Okay. So it sounds like he had at least some like 
firsthand experience with investigating UFOs and UAPs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The DOD and NASA have denied these things, saying that there's no evidence of extraterrestrial life they have found or information on extraterrestrial materials. And the government have consistently said that no program exists. But, you know, that's what they would say, right? Of course. That's what they all, that's why, why would they say anything different? Mm-hmm. I mean, that plays into his claim, right? That they don't want us to know about this stuff because they don't want to. Yeah. Is his claim that they don't want us to freak out or just that they're being irresponsible and that they should tell us anyway? My guess is that both, they want to keep it under wraps because they want to preserve the technological advantage that they're getting from reverse engineering the technology. The motivation behind why they are keeping it secret is always fairly murky in all these claims. So in July of 2023, i.e. like while we are recording this right now, there are hearings happening in Congress where he's presenting his evidence to some committees behind closed door because there's classified information involved. Now, these allegations have received international attention, but many experts have pointed out that there's have been um, skeptical and there are some questions that we can get into that sure. we could talk about. So here's what I'm going to go for. This might seem like it is exciting because Congress is taking it seriously and yeah. because this is a guy who had a very serious job and is well-respected. Mm-hmm. I should say, though, that we have been hearing shit like this since the 1950s and it has never come to fruition. And I'll tell you that this, that mm. the U.S. government has in the past not only believed a lot of nonsense UFO claims, but have Mm -hmm. spent billions of taxpayer dollars investigating them. So we're getting into the fact that governments can also be stupid. Um, yeah, I feel like we've talked about this before, right? Was it cattle mutilation where there was some yeah, actual the like, government checked it out. Yeah, investigations going on there? Yeah, this isn't necessarily new for government agencies to investigate these sorts of claims. Mm-hmm. The best one you probably would uh, would probably be a good way to think about it is there's a book by John Ronson called The Men Who Stare at Goats. Mm, that was turned into a movie. Yeah. So basically, this is like a, this shows a lot about like the sort of weirdness in the U.S., especially in the U.S. military, because U.S. military is full of people who are not exactly chosen for being critical thinkers, but are given untold, limitless amounts of money. Mm-hmm. You can't be saying these things so close to July 4th, Tristan. People are going to riot. All right. Oh, gosh. I know people are listening to this well past July 4th, but I think it's August by the time this comes out, if I remember. Correctly. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. In The Men Who Stare at Goats shows that basically every branch, every department has probably at some point spent a lot of of money and looked seriously into something extremely stupid. Men Who Stare at Goats mm-hmm. refers to a martial arts instructor who claimed that he once killed a goat by staring at it really hard and the mm-hmm. U.S. Army recruited him to train special forces on how to do it, to kill goats by staring at them. Well, I would imagine that their plan was more that like if you can kill goats, you could kill other living things. And sure. so if you stare at another person long enough, maybe you could kill that person. I don't think they were like, alright, uh, we have a very strategic plan to kill as many goats as possible and that's how we'll win yeah, all of sorts course. of wars. But also it just shows that like there are people with lots of money and resources at hand that mm-hmm. can and do often spend tons of your taxpayer dollars investigating really stupid stuff. I mean, there's like a famous like bomb detector that the military bought tons of in Iraq that turned out to just be a dousing rod. Like it didn't oh, do no. anything. 
another example is uh, we talked about this in the UAP episode that one of the biggest advocates for like investigating UFO stuff was uh, Senator Harry Reid. Mm-hmm. And one of them, one of the people who managed to uh, get him to invest money into researching UFOs was this guy named Robert Bigelow. OK. And he is the owner of Budget Suites of America and the former owner mm. of a property in Utah called Skinwalker Ranch. And Why so does that sound familiar. Well, uh, well, I'll get into that. But basically, Bigelow uh, convinced Harry Reid to spend a bunch of money investigating UFOs. And a lot of that money then ended up going right back into his own hands. So it was a way for him Great. to con the American government out of a bunch of money. Skinwalker Ranch in Utah was sold to Bigelow in 1996, and it was famous for hosting a multitude of paranormal and extraterrestrial activities, despite the fact that the family that lived there for 50 years never experienced anything like that. <laughs> You can't be going around scamming the the United States military that way, okay? Our military budget is so small, we can't <laughs> spare any dime, all right? It's t- it's teeny tiny. This is the thing about the U.S. military that I always find very interesting to talk about, which is that the military's budget in the U.S. is so humongous. Yeah, it's huge. But, like, America doesn't turn that money into, like, winning wars ever. No. Um, and it's because the U.S. military's budget is so much, like, based on these public-private partnerships, and they're lost lobbied so hard by these like super powerful governments that are companies, sorry, that like, yeah, the U.S.'s military budget is huge. And that's because like every piece of hardware is like super jacked up in price because like Boeing and Lockheed Martin got these no bid contracts for like huge amounts mm-hmm. of money. And so like basically like a lot of the U.S. military spending is actually like a backwards, more uh, voter happy way of basically doing Keynesian economics, where this is their way of pumping money into the military is just by giving money to these mm-hmm. humongous corporations, which will then you know, hire people to work in factories to make bombs and tanks and stuff like that. Excellent. Great. Good job, America. That is the American way. Sure is. The red, white, and blue. Yeah. But back to Skinwalker Ranch, Bigelow actually sold it in 2017 to a guy named Brandon Fugel. And that Mm -hmm. person trademarked the name and turned it into a book, a movie, and a TV series on the History Channel. Oh. Which had Eric Bard as the principal investigator and scientist at Skinwalker Ranch. So it's a whole thing. Skinwalker Ranch. It also kind of sounds like Skywalker Ranch. Yeah. It turned a whole property into a franchise, it sounds like. Yeah. uh, Turned like a literal physical property mm -hmm. into a franchise. And these are the people who were able to like fleece Harry Reid, who I I mean, I don't want to speak. I mean, I do love speaking of Harry Reid because he's a centrist, but he's just a big person in the U.S. Senate as a Democrat for a long time. And he has been totally bamboozled by like these like very obvious con men into spending a ton of government money investigating alien flying saucers. Oh, gosh. So David Grush apparently is joining this line of different people who are, you know, different types of kooks or con artists who convince powerful people that they have evidence that Earth's being visited by aliens. And that's where I think things are very interesting. Yeah. I mean, you say you call him a kook, you call him a fraud. I know that people are going to read that as harsh. And I, I think it's just because there's a history of it. As far as I understand, we don't really know what the evidence is, right? Well, here's some of the things that he says that he has dropped in his like public interviews. So one, okay. he has admitted he's never actually seen the spaceships, but he has seen, quote, some interesting photos and, quote, has read some very interesting reports. Which makes me think that this is a guy whose words and interviews may come up in a deposition. And so he wants to be very careful on the words he says. Mm, He has mentioned that he has seen spaceships that are the size of football fields and have alien corpses in them. Wait, how close was he to these spaceships? 
obviously not very close because he did not, you know, enter into them. Yeah, that's true. Also mentioned that the spaceships might not be from space. They might come from another dimension. Oh, there well, we go. We've talked about this before, yeah. right? Like another dimension doesn't mean it, they're still aliens because they're not from here. Yeah. They don't have to be from a different planet in our own universe. Mm-hmm. Being from a different universe makes them alien. According to his interview, aliens have potentially killed people, but that they made an agreement with the governments that the aliens would stop doing that. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. What kind of agreement? The aliens were just killing people and they're like, hey, no we're gonna, killing we're gonna people. Put you in, hey, we're going to put you in jail. And the alien's like, oh, no, that sucks, actually. All right, we'll stop. Sorry. Yeah. That um, one's on us. But they have said the government has killed people to keep that agreement secret. And also that one of their spaceships fell into U.S. hands when Pope Pius XII told the U.S. that Benito Mussolini had one. Hold on. I, th- I think we skipped over something you had said about that. So the aliens killed people. And then the, then the government, the U.S. government said, stop killing people. And the alien said, all right, fine. But then also to hide the fact that the aliens exist and were killing people, the government itself killed people. That actually feels like the most believable part of this whole thing. That feels like something the U.S. would do. <laughs> They're like, you're not allowed to kill people. We do it. We'll kill people. Yeah. We're the United States government. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so apparently the Pope helped the U.S. military conduct a secret operation to steal a UFO from Mussolini. Ocean's Eleven. We need a new Oceans for this one. This seems like a, mm-hmm. a great thing. This is good. Yeah. You can have a crossover with two George Clooney characters. The one who's in Ocean's movies and then the one who's in The Men Who Stare at Goats. And then it's you get two Clooney's in one movie. The Clooneyverse. The verse Yeah, we got there. <laughs> uh, the other thing too is that he's apparently has a pretty big relationship with Eric Weinstein, who is okay. like a podcaster and like hedge fund manager. and a, He's a Peter Thiel guy. So he's obviously like a little bit evil and a little bit stupid. Peter sure. Thiel being like the person who is pouring billions of dollars into literally trying to bring about fascism in the United States. Ah, he's right. Yeah. Love that. And so he's doing so by like funding a bunch of like intellectual dark web guys and like almost basically almost like every like weird fascist adjacent thing that's happening in the US is in some way connected to Peter Thiel spending money to to destroy things. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. So Eric Weinstein is connected with Peter Thiel. And Grush apparently has been telling people that he's friends with Brett Weinstein, who is Eric Weinstein's brother, despite the fact that Brett Weinstein has never met Grush ever. Oh, okay. So just a lie. Yeah, yeah. So it just shows that he has he's he's making up a lot of relationships that aren't there. Sure. Um, Yeah. And also uh, Eric Weinstein is known for being really into UFOs because it turns out that uh, there's a lot of like connection between like the alt-right and interest in UFOs. As we've mentioned, it's been established in a lot of times in the show. Mm -hmm. So apparently this plays into a bigger story about what's been going on. So there's been somebody who has apparently been stringing along public. And I I say this with as many quotation marks as I possibly can. Intellectuals intellectual people like Eric Weinstein, but also people like Sam Harris saying that he has information about the UFOs and that he'll take them to the desert and show them aliens. Apparently it's been going on for years. Sam Harris seems to have uh, figured out that it's a grift, but uh, Weinstein has not yet been uh, convinced. Can I tell you a, just a small side story about some beef that I have with Sam Harris, other than the obvious stuff? I think the part about, <laughs> about him saying that we should nuke the Middle East. Um, yeah. Yeah. Other than his horrible, horrible. And that torture is good. Yeah. Yep. So before I knew anything about 
who Sam Harris was, I believe he published a book about free will and how like free will doesn't really exist. And I just thought that that was really interesting. And I just picked it up and uh, from like uh, Barnes and Noble. And then I think I like used it as reference material in a YouTube video just because I thought it was, you know, interesting. And then I come to find out that like, oh, actually this guy sucks ass. Yeah. The thoughts on free will didn't really stand out to me as bad necessarily. It just sucks that like, and then also if you look at this other guy's uh, bibliography, um, it actually is terrible and it's all, it's all horrible. Yeah. As someone who did my master's thesis on American Islamophobia, mm-hmm. Sam Harris is maybe one of the most Islamophobic people yeah. ever. Yep, 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 yep. Um, so that's the beef I have with Sam Harris. Yeah. Uh, just sucks. Just sucks. Just sucks. Yeah. And, I, and I got, I got bamboozled. Man, we've, we've called out Joe Rogan. We've called out Sam Harris. We're going to like run afoul of every podcaster, apparently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what I'm trying to tell you to walk away with is that maybe we shouldn't get too enamored when the military takes somebody seriously because they fall for this kind of shit all the time. And also lots of credible people have actually disputed this. So here's uh, I found this Twitter thread that kind of goes into why anytime we hear claims about UFOs and especially about the government having secret UFOs, we should probably be on high skeptical alert because the logistics involved are ridiculous. So, okay, hit me with it. In order to believe that the government is hiding secret UFOs or that Grush is like what he's seeing is legit, you have to believe four major things. One, multiple space alien spacecraft have visited Earth. Two, a surprising number of those visitors have crashed. And that's three pilots, terrible pilots, these aliens. Three, we've managed to keep it secret for almost of a century. And four, okay, that's a lot. We have somehow not used that wreckage to expand our own technology immensely. So here's, I'll just get into a little bit on this. So one, so let's assume that the closest exoplanet in Proximity Centauri Mm -hmm. B has intelligent advanced life and that's where the UFOs are and they want to come visit us. They're headed on over. Yeah. So to get there, they'll have to get a few things. Fuel, food, speed, and shielding. And to get from Proxima B to Sol, which is the name of our star, it would take 4.2 light years of like, that's how far away it is. Okay. So if you were traveling at the speed of light, the fastest speed in the universe, it would take 4.2 years to go there. Keep in mind, the speed of light is 186,282 miles per second. It's a lot. Yeah. The fastest speed. It's fast. It's pretty quick. Yeah. You got to go fast. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. The fastest vehicle a human has ever flew went about a hundred miles a second, which is one nineteen hundredth of what you would need to get that. If you were to travel using the fastest vehicle that a human has ever made to get to Proxima Centauri would take Uh 8,000 years. Okay. So we need to go faster. We're like the Flash. We need to go faster. And you would need to theoretically fuel, feed, and shield a ship that is going that fast for 8,000 years. Now, fuel, I have a question about the fuel part. Because in space, you maintain your speed unless acted upon by another force. But you need to, like keep the lights on, I guess, or just like, there's you know, more keep, to it keep... than that. Cause also okay. keep in, mind, in space, there's nothing to speed you up. There's also nothing to slow you down. So you do need to be able to, yeah, you, there are other, I was just getting ahead of it because I know some people might say like, you don't actually need that much fuel as, as soon as you get there. But like there are, if you need to, you need to maintain life on this ship, yes. right? Yeah. You, you definitely need, need to keep fuel energy to be able to do like that. that. Yeah. yeah. So you need enough fuel to do that. You also would need enough fuel to accelerate to near the speed of light and to decelerate from close to the speed of light two times if yes. they want to make a return journey and enough food, which admittedly would be shorter because of relativity and stuff. They would also need enough shielding mm-hmm. to deal with the fact that cosmic rays and radiation would be hitting them at relativistic
optimistic speeds because like they're moving so fast. These things are hitting them at like a super high fast and speed. So you can imagine gas and dust hitting the hull at near light speed would do shit loads of damage. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) it would do a lot. So that's where the shielding comes in, I imagine. Mm -hmm. If they did not decided to go the slow route, but hibernate, then that means that these astronauts who are coming to Earth are basically leaving it behind their entire society essentially forever because they'd be disappearing for like, you know, 16,000 years or whatever. Yeah. And they would still need enough fuel for the trip and enough shielding for thousands of years of exposure to cosmic rays. Mm. So then what if they had warp drive? What if they had some sort of alien technology could go faster than light? If they could do so because of the amount of energy needed to do that, they would have to have a power source greater than an exploding sun that could bend space and unbend it to leap across. So if they had like an Acubiere drive, they would need a humongous mm-hmm. power source that is like beyond anything we can conceive of that could bend space time and move that fast. Yes. And so it feels like and I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead, but it feels like because people could make people could jump to the conclusion of like, well, yeah, aliens could be more advanced in that way, technologically advanced. They could have that technology. But then if the claim is that they're crashing here on Earth and we're collecting that technology and we've been collecting that technology for almost a century, why can't we do those things yet? Yeah. Would be the big question. There's a, that's a very good question. There's a couple of things to add to that. So one, um, if they did crash they got Earth, that would be very confusing because a ship that could go at those speeds and achieve those kinds of technological feats could be shot down in some stories by our weapons. So they're mm. really fragile, even though they could deal with, you know, micro collisions of relativistic speed. They can't they mm-hmm. get shot down by by flak guns, yep. which is wild. The one thing they weren't counting on. They got all this shielding from all this stuff and they weren't counting on bullets. Mm -hmm. So just saying. And also, as you mentioned, if any of this technology had gotten to us, the things that we're capable of doing this kind of travel, it would change the way that we do science forever. Like our most advanced materials don't even come close to what a mundane piece of Starship hull would have to do. It would change science forever. And also, I did like this, the amount of energy that you would need to accelerate to those kinds of speeds to arrive here at those times. Keep in mind, that's a lot of energy, right? Yeah. So it's a lot. if a ship that was going that fast were to crash into the earth, the problem is that it would vaporize like half of the solar system <laughs> if it crashed. Yes. If it didn't slow down, because I imagine in order for it to get shot down by like our weapons, our earthly weapons, it would have to have slowed down from that speed in order for us to see it, to encounter it to aim and shoot and things like that. But then if it didn't do that and it just like didn't know that there was a planet in the way of its trajectory and was like, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to crash. Boom. I don't, Earth would not be here. Yeah. So there's a (laughs) wonderful bit in, I think it was Randall Monroe's book, What If? And that is like, what Mm -hmm. if you threw a baseball at the speed of light? And in doing so was basically the equivalent to exploding a nuclear bomb. Yeah. So imagine something like if their core was able to hold enough energy to do that fast of a travel and then crashed on Earth and it broke, it would destroy like half of the solar system. So here, I'll give you an example. Um, This is done Mm -hmm. by the same Twitter thread. I should really give credit for this Twitter thread. James Harris is the person who wrote this Twitter thread that I'm kind of... Any relation to Sam Harris? I hope not. Um, I hope not. Who is an ex-worker at IBM and FBI and is an engineer and scientist and is like a public skeptic. Anyways, so back of the napkin estimation shows that if you were to take a ship that had about the mass of a B-2 bomber Mm -hmm. and you could accelerate it 
at 1G, which would mean that the ship would have about Earth's gravity on it while you were accelerating and decelerating. Okay. The amount of energy you would need to do that would be equivalent to 33,000 SAR bombas, which was the gigantic nuclear bomb that the Soviets exploded during uh it was oh. it's the biggest nuclear bomb ever made like it was unimaginably huge they only ever detonated one as a test and it was yeah. like humongous and we need 33,000 of those yes okay essentially like this is to show why like the technology would change humanity if we were to get our hand so if it didn't get destroyed and blow up half of the solar system what we would yep. end up with is a core or a power source that could output the energy of 33,000 sarbamas which would be mm-hmm. enough at current consumption rates for Earth to power itself for 28,000 years. Cool. And you'd think that and maybe then, if we had something like that, we probably wouldn't be burning yeah. fossil fuels. <laughs> That's true. Unless the fuel lobby was got in on it and was like, and paid off. Now you're just describing the plot of Iron Man 1. That, yeah. All right. That's true. <laughs> we have this great arc reactor technology. It's clean fuel forever. Um, but the corporations don't like that because mm-hmm. then how people spend money. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably good to be skeptical of David Grush's claims, but also anytime somebody claims that UFOs have are real and that they've crashed on Earth, then we should probably be skeptical mm-hmm. of what they're doing, especially if they say the government's hiding it from you. Because this basically comes down to the, the sort of Occam's razor line, which is that if there are two competing hypotheses, you should go with the one that has the fewest assumptions. So here are the two hypotheses we have about what's going on with Bruce. One, yeah. there's a guy who worked for the USG who is either crazy or lying, or okay. that a there's a massive government conspiracy that aliens with incredible technology have repeatedly chosen Earth to visit, and that their mm-hmm. unimaginably powerful ships just somehow decide to crash all the time without destroying us in the process, and that we collect their technology but just don't use it. Can I offer an amendment to the first option? Mm-hmm. I would like to be a little bit more gracious and say he could be crazy, he could be lying, he could also just be like misled by the things that he saw or thinks he saw uh, and just is reading too much into it. I don't know if that necessarily would make someone crazy. He's being duped by an even bigger... Could just be being duped. Could be being duped. Could just like really, really, really want to believe and is like bending over backwards doing mental gymnastics to, to do it. My conspiracy hat on. I could see in the not too distant future or as like a possibility in the US for America to talk about UAPs and like talk about UFOs and aliens as a threat uh, because they can't convince anybody to get on board with the next Cold War. And so if they need Mm. to keep increasing the military budget, they have to be like, we have to increase our military budget to fight the aliens. Fight the aliens. You don't want those aliens here in America? Come on. But yeah, uh, so I can see that this that's that's basically like uh, the most that I could pull from the David Grush story is that like um, he's making a lot of grandiose claims. But the logic, the logistics behind like claiming that there are these incredibly powerful ships that somehow got here just doesn't seem to add up for me. And and it's it's an ongoing story, right? Uh, yeah, there might be and a big as, change in the future. But as you're you know, as we're recording this, this is all the information we have. You're probably listening to this a month or two after we're recording this. So if stuff has happened, just bear in mind that we recorded this well in advance. Yes, yeah, July 6th, uh, 2023. So that's when we're recording it. So if anything interesting does come out, we'll probably cover that in, in a future emergency episode. Let me get my emergency episode button. 
emergency episode update is what we'll do in the future. Yeah. Um, and if you want to do that, you should probably check out. Oh boy, this is getting more complicated. So probs not it's aliens so complicated. on Twitter? Question mark. Yeah. We like what? All right. Yeah, we have to figure out if like on Twitter we don't have a blue sky. Threads or just got, not came aliens. out this morning. I don't know if Threads is still going to be a thing by the time this show comes out. Who <laughs> knows? I know we were like on Mastodon for a bit, and then we didn't really do anything with. I mean, I stopped. I, I didn't find it very enjoyable. It's just look, just look, just look, just look for us. Look for us. Look for Probs Not Aliens we'll have- on whatever has replaced Twitter by the time you listen to this episode. Yeah. Because if if one actually settles and we actually have decided what thing we're going to shit post on or that yeah. we're going to make fun of celebrities on, then we will be on there posting at something close to Probs Not Aliens. But in the meantime, Tristan and I have other uh, outlets mm-hmm. for our creativity and our minds and our thoughts. Uh, Tristan, you have a great YouTube channel called I Know Exactly What You're Doing Right Now. I see. I know. I can tell what you're doing right now in this in this instant. You're pulling up a new tab to look for an old video of mine. Tristan, you have a great YouTube channel called Step Back. Mm-hmm. And you did, uh, as of recent, you uh, you made that big video where you do a presidential tier list mm-hmm. for all the, all the United States yes, presidents. I, I sat down and said whether or not I would smash or pass on all 46 American presidents. That was a thing I intentionally, as a 34-year-old man who has a child, <laughs> did with my life. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. And here's the thing, too, is that I also make YouTube videos at a yeah, YouTube Scott, channel. If I called, wanted to learn about, uh, uh, Scott, if I wanted to learn about, oh, this is a good one. Um, I was so, trying to get ahead of it. Scott, if I wanted mm-hmm. to learn about how good the VeggieTales Batman cartoon is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear me and my friend Maddie talk about Larry Boy, the VeggieTales cartoon, and uh, analyze that in a very fun, goofy, silly way. That's actually not too old. So thank you for doing a not too, too old one. That was from like a year ago. Uh, that's at my YouTube channel, NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. I make videos there. I'm doing a lot of fun stuff because again, right now, I have so much life stuff going on. I can't do very thoughtful videos. I'm only doing silly videos right now. So look forward to that. Thank you to everyone who writes reviews of this podcast on Apple Podcasts and uh, writes in, you know, questions and stuff or, or reviews and things on um, Spotify. I got to look over those. And uh, you can also get episodes early, hopefully, over at nebula.tv slash probably not aliens mm-hmm. when I remember to edit them early. And if you just want to spread the love of this show, tell people more about this show, a great place to send them is probsnotaliens.com. You know, if you tell your friends about it and they're like, well, where do I listen? Where do I listen to this great podcast? That website has links to everything where you can, every place that people can listen. So very simple. So thank you for, yeah. for listening. And uh, until next time, my name is Scott Nicewan. I'm Tristan Johnson, and the truth is out there. Ah. Uh... That was probably in uh, Proxima Centaurian, I guess. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, your thing was or my thing was? Both. Both. The Centaurian language actually uses um, like m- musical backdrop as part of the language. Oh, yeah. This is how they say hello. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>